You are listening to Engineer Corner on Mountain Bike Radio. Hello, Mountain Bike Radio listeners. This is Ben, and this is a special episode of Engineer's Corner. In this short episode, I talk with Brendan from Wolf Tooth Components. Previously, I told you that we were going to get him on to just have a little follow-up to our previous episode discussing elliptical chain rings. So if you haven't listened to the elliptical chain ring discussion on a previous episode of Engineer's Corner, go back and listen to that. I will link it in the show notes if you have any questions there. But I would encourage you to listen to that. Phil does a great explanation. And I just talked to Brendan quick to get his angle, uh, what customers are saying, what they're thinking, some questions, how it all got started, uh, some of the things that Phil didn't touch on, and Brendan has some good insight too. So enjoy the episode, and if you have any questions, feel free to send me an email at ben at mountainbikeradio.com. This episode is brought to you by Podiumware. Podiumware is a manufacturer of custom team cycling apparel, and all products that they make are proudly made in St. Paul, Minnesota. Something that's really cool is that they are the new national sponsor of NICA's Mountain Bike League, and they are committed to helping to expand high school mountain biking across the country. You can get more information about Podiumware over at podiumware.com. And I will personally vouch for Podiumware because they made the mountain bike radio kits this year uh, that we just placed an order couple months ago and we have ongoing order so if you're interested in that you can head over to gooutdoorsapparel.com i will put a link in the show notes for that so you can go over and see what the mountain bike radio kits look like but thank you to podiumware for sponsoring this episode and again head over to podiumware.com for more information check out what they have to offer prices and everything right there I'm here with Brendan Moore, and we are going to talk about the Wolf Tooth Components Elliptical Chain Rings. Brendan, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Ben. So you've been off and on mountain bike radio for years now, and uh, <laughs> I appreciate all the support and uh, you sure. coming on and taking the time. Yeah, enjoy your shows. Yeah, that's good. I um, So listeners by this point probably are just tired of me talking about Wolf Tooth Components. <laughs> But uh, that's fine. I, I always say I have no problem basically pushing your stuff because I really like it. And you guys do a good job. And I know how hard you work behind the scenes. And um, just to constantly stay on top of what's going on, new ideas. And um, it, it's cool. So I appreciate all the work you guys do. And uh, congratulations to even getting to this point. It's been cool to see. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we do it because we love it and we try and do it right. Um, make sure the stuff works, make sure the stuff's high quality and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. And so listeners, just in case you don't know, Brendan, um, he, we're not going to get into it in this episode. Um, but he has a pretty big, good background in, uh, like great background in mountain bike racing. And, uh, he just want to race this, this Saturday, uh, out in Minnesota. So nice job. <laughs> and, and for him it's usually it's like oh yeah i won no big deal so he's uh pretty humble about it but yeah so in case you're wondering we can get into it in some other episode 
All right. So this episode, what we're going to do is talk about elliptical chain rings. Uh, there's a whole, it seems like a whole new generation of these elliptical chain rings, and you guys are right in the middle of it. And I wanted to get you on as a follow-up to the episode that uh, Phil and I did talking about elliptical chain rings. And he did a really good job explaining it. And um, But I wanted to get you on as somebody that's obviously developing these to talk about it and maybe add on some few points and maybe some clarifications, add some questions that listeners or riders have been having and thoughts. So let's get into it and maybe, I don't know how you want to take it, but I kind of have a list of topics I want to go through, but I mean, where do you want to start? How do we, um, where did it start? start. (laughs) Well, we'll start with the very, very first question people always ask and Phil touched on it a bit, but I don't think he, he said it outright. And it's what, well, how is this different than biopace? And the truth is it's the chain rings are clocked. I mean, meaning rotationally oriented 90 degrees different than biopace. So think of it as the exact opposite of biopace is that everything we do, everything a rotor does, um, they're all 90 degrees off. And so when you're pedaling the um, max torque output um, or max torque required is at where you have the most power and the least is least torque required is where you have the least power. Uh, Biopace was um, backwards of that and, difficult for me to explain why it was better but it was something to do do with keeping your legs moving at the same speed with shimano so um suffice to say biopaste didn't work and it left a really sour taste in people's mouths for 20 Um, years yeah and the new generation of ellipticals people that try them like you ben you've tried them yep you love them yeah and and there's a reason it's because naturally that's especially on in uh, mountain biking where you're accelerating and and decelerating all the time and there's traction issues it, it provides good advantage. So, mm-hmm. so it, just to be clear, it's 90 degrees, exact opposite of biopace. <laughs> if anybody's wondering yeah, the difference. It, it, it's so funny, the biopace, how sour of a taste that left. I mean, it's been yep. 20 years and like one of the comments, I think I had posted the link to the show on Facebook. And one of the comments was, this might've been that or Instagram. Um, one of the comments was I didn't like biopace. Why would I even try one of these? Yeah. And it was yep. like, get- Wow. And that's the most common thing we get. And then when you explain to people like, okay, well that actually makes sense. Biopace was, I don't know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So can you, from a personal perspective, I, I just want you to uh, quickly explain from a single, why is it so noticeable from a single speed perspective? Well, so Phil, Phil covered it well. Phil did an awesome job yeah. actually explaining right. what it does and doesn't do. Um, so what it does do is it does require more torque and at the, at the, uh, where you have the most power about four o'clock on our chain rings and then the least at about seven o'clock, one o'clock. Um, and so what that does is it, is it evens out the torque transfer to the tire patch. So if you think of your, you know, tire being driven by a motor, but the motor is your legs rather than having a pulsing torque applied at the tire patch, it's more evened out. And so with single speed, there's two things going on. First of all, you're accelerating and decelerating a lot, so it's kicking you through those dead spots. But second of all, because you're you only have one gear, there's they're more prone to slipping. You know, when you're really accelerating, you'll feel that tire slip a little bit. 
And we're not talking like big slips. We're talking micro slips, some that you can't even feel. And every bit that you can round out that torque or smooth out that torque transfer provides better traction. So less pulsing in the torque at the rear tire patch. So that's a lot of it. And honestly, is that, that you're just slipping less. Okay. It makes sense. It's fair. It's just a question I've received from a single speed perspective. It's a question I received. And from your perspective, what do people, what do they ask from a, just the general perspective? So if you have a new customer who's talking to you about it and they're kind of on the fence, whether geared or single speed, what do they, first of all, you've, you've established as not biopace. What's next? What are they asking? Yeah. you? They're just asking, where, where am I going to feel the advantage? And again, where are you going to feel it? And, and anybody that's ridden out west or ridden even in, in the Midwest or out east, where it's loose and um, anytime traction is an issue, that's where they're finding the advantage. So like a 32 tooth chain ring in the dead, dead parts of your uh, pedal stroke feels like a 30. And then in the strong parts of your pedal stroke, you know, when you're really smashing down at four o'clock, feels like a 34. And so what riders are noticing, what we often get from feedback is they're up one gear on their cassette. Those riders that actually pay attention to what gear they're in, they're able to go up one gear when they're climbing. Um, and so when customers ask, it's like, well, you should expect better acceleration out of the corners, less shifting out of the corners. Because again, it's, you know, if you're coming out of the corner at, you know, with your one foot down, one foot up, it's a lower gear to get that thing started it's like, again, the 30 tooth is going to feel like a 30 when you're just getting started and kicking out of that corner. Um, and then also, then as you accelerate out of that corner, the torque at the rear tire patch doesn't slip as much. So you get more watts that hit the ground actually and propel you forward. So that's, that's the basics of it that I explained to customers. And most of them, in fact, I'll say that we've never had a customer that hated it and wanted their money back. We've had maybe... 2%, 1% of customers say, oh, I don't really think it helps me. I'm just going to go back to around yeah. uh, 95 to 98% and maybe 99 just love it and won't go back to around. <laughs> yeah. Now to be clear, to be clear why it's catching on right now, it's, a lot of people ask that it's like, well, why now? Right. Well, oval rings don't really shift very well. You can get them to shift on the road. You've seen Froome in the, the Tour de France. He's actually on an osymmetric, which is like an oval with some flats and some different shaping. Um, they don't, they, you can get it to shift on the road if you kind of, you know, softly shift it or whatever, yeah. um, carefully shift it. But those of us on mountain bikes aren't usually too careful when we shift. Well, now with the one by movement, that took yeah. the big negative of, of oval rings out of the picture, right? Now you're not shifting the front, so now it's easier to implement them okay. um, or more logical to implement them. Um, whereas before you would have had to, if you're shifting, be really careful on the mountain bike. And usually if you're shifting to a granny gear and a mountain bike on a two by situation, it's kind of an emergency situation, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're like, Oh crap, I'm out of gears. I got to drop. And then with the old oval rings that shifted a lot of times, the chain would just drop, drop off or not shift well or something. Right. Cause that is the one thing I noticed just when I replaced the wheel and put it back in, I always, it, it doesn't stay on the chain ring right so if you're like if you're take the wheel out and go put it back in you just have to be a little careful to keep the chain on the oval because the crank the pedal will spin it around and it'll easily drop if you don't pay attention yep. so yeah a little more totally easily 
Right. Yep. And I can, I can see that trying to somebody shifting. So six years ago when they're riding a double and they tried some oval chain ring and it was a disaster. So don't worry, you're not shifting yep. anymore. The other thing that the customers, uh, while we're on customer questions, yeah, exactly. they always ask is the, does it wear out the clutch root derailleurs? And, uh, and the simple answer is as no. Um, if you ever, excuse me, watch a clutch rear derailleur in action, whether the suspension is actuating or the chain is bouncing, you're going down a bounce, a bouncy hill, that rear derailleur cage is moving constantly. Uh, and much more in, you know, being jerked around much more than a, an oval chain ring does. So the, the movement that an oval you might see with an oval chain ring is like two millimeters mm-hmm. on that rear clutch. You'll see it move, you know, a centimeter under, under big impacts with, even with the clutch on. So, um, suspension actuation and then just the chain bouncing moves the clutch way more than any kind of oval chain ring and even more often. So no, it does not wear out clutches faster. People have been worried about that. Yeah. Can I ask you, Kim, now I want to go back a little bit. I want to ask where you came up, not came up with the idea. Obviously it's not, you know, rocket. Yeah. It's like, like a hundred years old. Yeah. How did you decide to, to do this. So wolf tooth components, you come in on a Monday, you had a long weekend with family and you're like, Oh, we should do elliptical chain rings. How does that work? Like, how did you guys say, you know what, there's something here. We need to do this. Since we started the company, um, a couple people have been bugging us about it. Um, without having experienced it yet, you know, we did, we didn't know what we were getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just, um, bought some and tried them and, had the customer experience it, like I said, 98% of our customers have. And it's like, oh, these are pretty awesome. And and then so we went and started looking at um, different clocking, different ovality, and started working on our own design. And where we settled on that is a pretty common clocking. Um, there's, a, there's a spot, again, about 4 o'clock, where all the studies show that that's where you have the most power. Um and then when we looked at ovality, there's there's kind of a, a range out there. There's um, we'll call it the max would be around 12 or 13 percent ovality. And so all, all that is, is it's a ratio of the max to the min diameter. Okay. Um, and then and then the low end would be like nine, maybe percent. We went with 10 percent ovality on ours, um, mainly because there it provides all the advantages as far as the traction and the acceleration, but it feels a little more natural when you hop on it. Um, and also a lot of people are swapping between bikes. Say they have a road bike with round rings and a mountain bike with oval rings. It's really difficult once you get up in that 12, 13% ovality to like to switch back and forth. Yeah. Um, and that, and that was something I was going to say is I switch back and forth between my single speed and then my geared bike right now is a fat bike. So, and, but I switch and that has a, a circular chain ring on it. So I go, uh, between the bolt or between the two and don't really have an issue at all. Actually. Right. Right. But if you had a 12 or 13% ov- ovality ring, I guarantee you'd feel the pulsing, uh, cause you'd either get used to one or the other. Okay. Um, and so that's where we settled on the 10%, um, mainly cause it, it provides a decent amount of ovality without being too over the top and forcing people down this path. You can only have the bike that, that way. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it really provides just, all the advantages. It's just really weird. People, that's the best description I have is people ask me, I'm like, just try it. I don't really, 
Cause yeah. the, the pulsing sensation that some people think, you know, they're like, well, you're just going to wobble. Right. And it's just not the case. It's just weird. Fact, it's, it's a weird people, thing. Uh, people with dual suspensions, you know, that you've seen, you've ridden behind them where they have a really like square pedal stroke and they bounce a lot. Right. Yep. Uh, those people actually end up smoothing out their suspension. You know, it, it helps them smooth out their square pedaling <laughs> too well. Yeah. Um, huh. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's, the way I tell customers, I'm like, what could possibly go wrong? You know? Yeah. Right. You, you're only investing, you know, 60 or 70 bucks. And if you hate it, you can eBay it, but it's the most different thing you can try in a bicycle for under, you know, outside of buying a new three or $4,000 bicycle. Yeah. Um, you know, just there's very few things left that you can experience at that price level. It's- so you mentioned with the, the clocking and you, obviously you maximize it for the majority of people, but is there, do you find a wide, wide range of people that have different, uh, spots where their max torque is maybe a little bit different? So, so like the, you and I would be not the same, right? Well, so, so first of all, let's, let's be very clear on this rotor has some IP on, on changing clocking. Okay. So. That's why in the rotor rings, you see the different spots. Okay. That said, rotor themselves will tell you, and the, the, all the literature says 95% of people fall where the clock, where we put the clocking. There's a, a starting position, I think they call it. Now, as athletes get really advanced, uh, or if they have, you know, um, strange physiology, their femurs are super long or um, whatever it is, there are situations where different clocking will help. Okay. Um, but with the direct mount rings, it adds a lot of complexity. You can't really do that. And plus again, I, I mean, rotor has some, some IP on that. Yeah, that's fine. Yep. And so, and again, we're trying to hit the masses with ours, um, right. for, for the coaches and athletes that, that want to, uh, play around with tuning, they may find some advantage, but it's unlikely on a mountain bike. And this kind of gets into, into another topic of discussion about like, you know, what it does and doesn't do. And I explain the torque and the, yep. the smoothing of the pedal stroke. And then there's some studies that'll go, go on and say, you know, it increases your body's ability to, or you can put out more Watts and you're more efficient. That may be true, Ben, on like a time trial or, um, a road that's, um, somewhat controlled mm-hmm. in a mountain bike environment. No way. There's too many variables. Um, <laughs> you're supposed to there, say it's you know, it, you're supposed to say it's lighter, stiffer, and it's gonna make you go faster. So buy my product, it, right? It might make you go faster. <laughs> it probably but will. Most people find of, it does, but yeah. it's not because you're making more watts. It's right. you're just using using those watts that you more make efficiently. more efficiently. Yeah. So that's the message we're really trying to get across. Now, in a time trial, you know, there's studies that show it can actually uh, benefit benefit you that because you're so controlled you're in the exact same position you know mostly a flat lot not a lot of decelerating accelerating mm-hmm. and and i don't want to get into that because i'm not a kinesiologist right. I, don't, I don't i don't study that but there's probably something there i mean chris Froome again is winning the tour de france on a pretty funny shaped ring right um but he's also spent a lot of time on that and i'm sure he and his coach those have adjustment as well oriented um so he, and he Just does they, have a, kinesi, a kinesiologist on staff, so probably yeah. that lives at his house. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so again, let's 
let's not focus on the very controlled environment, what it does and doesn't do. Cause right. as we know it with mountain bikes, there's so many variables with terrain, suspension, setup, tires, tire pressure, um, bikes, geometry of the bikes. There's, there's just too much going on to say that, yeah, you're going to create more Watts, you know? Yeah. Um, you might, but you won't create less and you're probably going to have a better transfer of those Watts to the trail. Makes sense. All right. Is there anything else that uh, you wanted to hit on some other stuff that just to, to reiterate or clarify that Phil oh, talked about? No, I think, I think Phil did a great job yeah. of explaining the, the physics behind it. He was, he was spot on. I, uh, again, I just, I just want to reiterate that anybody that's tried them is like, Oh, those are pretty awesome. We have constantly get emails from customers, you know, the Strava customers that, that uh, Strava there, their laps or know exactly. And I, by the way, I don't own a bike computer or a Strava or anything. Yeah. You're not that type of guy. I'm not. No, I, I, I ride by the stars and the moon. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh. but, uh, we get emails every day from customers say, I set my lap record time with, with the oval chain ring and we're not prompting this response. We don't tell them it'll do that, but that's just the kind of benefit many customers are seeing because of, again, the more efficient use of Watts. So, um, I just, I mean, try ours, try another one, whatever. I'm not going to tell people they have to buy ours, but it's worth trying and it's the cheapest, most different thing you can try in a bicycle that's come about in recent years. So, yeah, the best thing that Phil said, I think from a, just from an audio perspective, obviously it's hard sometimes to show it a, a good picture, but the best thing that he did that showed me a mental picture of exactly what's happening is basically he said, you're instead of changing a gear, you know, like you, you pedal and then you change a gear. It's like changing a gear, every part of the pedal stroke. It's right? a, it it's would be like you're switching gears very, constantly. It's constantly varying between, again, if you have a 32 tooth, it's constantly be varying between a 30 and a 34. It's never static. Yep. And yeah. And that's, so it's like, yeah, you're not touching the shifter. It's just constantly going between basically two gears on your cassette. But in a very smooth fashion that you won't notice. Yep. Yep. All right. So from uh, I, I want to ask you from a wolf tooth like personal perspective, when you get emails like that from a customer, unprompted, I mean, what does that like? How does that feel? Like when you first started Wolf Tooth, did you have any idea what you were getting into and how it would affect people's day in life? Just from just no, from something as no. simple as a bike part. No, it's uh, it's super rewarding. Just any customer, positive customer feedback we get. You know, it's like uh, I always say that you know, if if you go look for uh, reviews of a bike tube online, you're only going to find bad ones because nobody comp- complains <laughs> right. when their tube works. They only complain when or they only put something up if the tube breaks or doesn't work, right? right. But um, so the the positive feedback is really rewarding, and I think we've we've hit a resonance with people. Um, just in that we're trying to make really high quality parts and we're not cutting corners. We're not trying to be the cheapest. We're trying to do it at a reasonable price. And that resonates with people. You know, it's the same customers that, that buy industry nine or buy Chris King or, you know, are willing to, to put a little money forward to, to buy the best. And, and that's where we want to be. And just seeing that people appreciate that is, is extraordinarily rewarding for us. Yeah. It's just been good to see it since I've, 
had mountain bike radio kicked up several years ago and I was just starting off with a bike company previous to that. We started something, uh, you guys are fairly new, so it's been good seeing you kind of progress along the way. So I'm always excited, yeah, like cool. news, you know, news that's going on, like you guys doing the license deal or whatever it is with uh, Linder. How do you pronounce it, Linderitz? Linderay, yeah, Linderay. yeah. Okay, that was a cool deal. It so brought Mark on board and brought all his ideas with him. Yep, uh, so that's he's, cool. he's phenomenal to work with. Um, yeah, and you know we're not we're not sitting on our laurels, uh, Ben, as you know, we, we're gonna have something pretty exciting to, to discuss here mid August. Yeah. Um, and we're going to get new, you on for sure. New venture for us. That'll, I get, I think surprise a lot of people what we've come up with and what we're doing. Um, but we'll leave it at that. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting. It's been a crap ton of work, but, uh, it'll be worth it. I think customers, especially the M- MBR customers will, will really get it. Yeah. So. I'm, uh, I'm excited myself. So, uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get you on. We'll get you. Uh, we'll get you on to talk about that in August, and uh, I'm sure we'll put some. I'll throw some uh, mentions before shows on for that too. So we'll have something. So listeners, stay tuned for that. But if you have any questions or c- anything like that for Brendan about the chain ring, maybe you've been thinking about it and you have a couple questions. You know how it works with your you know, what uh, chain ring you need for your crank set or anything like that. You can just send him an email at brendan at wolftoothcomponents.com or you can send me an email, ben at mountainbikeradio.com, but uh, I think they'll do it, Brendan. So. Yeah, we're the, uh, then we have a sales at wolftoothcomponents.com oh, okay. as well. What, you Both don't want all the emails? <laughs> oh, I, I get a lot of email. No matter what. <laughs> oh, that's funny. My, my email is in the same spot as the sales ad on our website. So it okay. goes to, a lot, a lot of times it goes to both. So okay. no worries. We'll answer you either way. Okay. Sounds good. And listeners, just a reminder, you can go to wolftoothcomponents.com for everything, basically. So check it out. All right. Thank you, Brendan. Thanks, Ben. Thank you for listening. And thank you to the sponsor of this episode, Podiumware. Go over to podiumware.com to find out more information.